Hey, Punch Bunch, I'm just going to drop this in before the show starts. We spent probably the first five minutes of this episode trying to teach Clef how to say hegemony, which I don't even know if I'm saying correct after listening to that over and over again. I cut out most of it. A little bit is left in for your entertainment. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 123, we talk about some recent plays, we do a little draft of cool mechanisms we'd like to see in future games, and review the new Kickstarter, Hegemony. Jim. Jim. Didn't I say it? No. Hegemony. You, you're like, you're, you're saying, saying it like, like enemy. Okay. Yeah. Jim. 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 And review the new Kickstarter, Hegemony. Well, there well, went the I think you should leave now. Yeah, I know. Now at the we end. have the end. <laughs> <laughs> I screwed it all up. Hey, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. <laughs> I'm Richie. Good, good luck with editing and all that there, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> it may just be mess. as is. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we might still probably. get uh, I think you should leave at the end now. Yeah, we'll see. Could be. Hey, uh, I just want to say, I, I, I know we don't usually do this, but I have a very special uh, niece and nephew uh, I want to say hi to Sam and Ben, uh, my niece and and nephew. They listen to the show. Their mom lets them listen to the show. I have no idea oh, that's why. Wild. I know, right? Wow. <laughs> but um, they're um, they're they're playing a lot of games at their house, so they they listen. And so I just wanted to give them a nice shout out. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Well, what's their names? Uh, Sam and Ben. Hey, they're Sam big, and Ben. Yeah, they're big game players. Welcome yeah, to the show. Thanks for listening. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Hopefully you find something good about this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richie's mom likes it too, so my mom stopped listening a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think my mom just looks at the the post. I don't she know does. She is, is. I don't even know if she would know how to find a podcast. She <laughs> 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 liked it. That's all right. That's all uh, right. Now I'll tell you guys. A lot of times you guys talk about playing with ordinary people who play board games and I don't want to deal. I don't want <laughs> to deal with that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just not anything that I ever have to deal with. Well, it happened to be this past weekend. Um, my, uh, cousin Jennifer was in from out of town and her husband, uh, Lawrence were in from out of town from Maine and they were back here in Omaha. And then I also have another cousin that lives here in Omaha. So we, we got together for, you know, some, some food and some, you know, some conversation and uh, we, we turned to board games. Nice. And I was, I was like, this is going to be awesome, right? Well, my cousin, who knows a little bit about games, he's like, hey, I got this great game. No thanks. You ever played it? You know, and I always, you know, love those questions. of, Yes, of course, I've played. No thanks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, yeah, well, we're going to play it right after dinner. So, okay, so we get ready. And it's like, okay, who wants to play? And there's like nine people at the table. And they're all like, yeah, okay, I'll play. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, box says seven. I want to be like, we should not play this at seven, but okay, we'll play it at seven. So like we paired up some, like, I think Missy was just on my team or whatever, but so, so my, you know, my, uh, my cousin's husband, Lawrence was the first one to get a card, right? So they flip up a card in front of him and it's an 18. And he's like, 
Okay, I'll just take that one. And of course, I want to speak up right away, but I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. We're having fun. You know, I'll just let him take, you know. So he takes 18. So the next card they flip up is like a, I think it's a 15. So everybody's like, oh, if you match up the, you know, the two in the middle, you know, you'll be down to 15. So he's like, okay, I'll take that one. This proceeded, he had about 15 cards in front of him before he (laughs) finally put a token on a card. Let's just say I ended the game with a negative score and no oh, thanks. Wow. <laughs> I, I think impressive. I had like three cards that came to me that I had to put one token on and it moved around and then somebody else took it before it got back to me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you only start with seven tokens in yeah. a seven player game. Uh, it was pretty funny. I, I took a picture of all his cards in front of him and I said, Hey, Lawrence, good news is you just made the podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that game and like Raw is another one. Like when you play with normal people, they just they just want to take stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. like, no, yeah. just, you know, let that hang out there. Oh, uh, you know, and and once again, you don't want to explain things to them, but they would be, you know, somebody would have like a, a 30 that was good for them. You know, they had a 31 or something. But they didn't understand, hey, if I put a chit on this, nobody else is going to want to take it, and it'll come back to me, and I'll have more chits. Right. They would just right away, oop, that's good for me, and take it. You know, so it's, yeah. But once again, it's just like, uh, you know, when you're playing with, and it was still fun. It was a great time. It was a great laughs or whatever. I think we played like two or three games of no thanks. But then they were like, well, Clef, what do you got? And I'm like, okay, well, for a big group, I said, I got this great game, Phantom Inc., where we, you know, two teams. And it's one of those things where you kind of start to explain it and you get these, this look of like, what are you talking about? This is kind of strange. And then about two rounds into it of kind of doing it, it all of a sudden just clicked with everybody. And then I was on the team with my, my two cousins and it was all of a sudden it was a, and uh, it was, okay, uh, let's go in the other room so that we can discuss this, you know, and they're all excited. And then, yeah, it was, it was just a blast. So we had a lot of fun and uh, it was, it was a good time. Playing with you know mortal gamers, it was yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun. <laughs> mortal, <laughs> as opposed to us immortals. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Jen is uh, is a good theater person because she went to she went to University of Iowa for theater just like I did, and uh, you know you can always count on theater people usually to play party games. So that's uh, that's a good that's a she, good. Guess. She is a riot. I have uh, yeah, she has uh, always been one of the funniest people I know. Yep. She's. Uh, she does a. She owns a theater up in uh, Maine, where that they do performances and they do all kind of uh, different uh, things, including improv and you know theater. So uh, I'm hoping one day to be able to make it up there to uh, go and visit. And it's see. really pretty so, in Maine. You find the right mm-hmm. time of year. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I was actually missing. I were looking. And this is total tangent, and you know I don't know. Richie might cut it, but I'll talk real quick. We were looking at going to New York mm-hmm. so that we could check out New York, drive to Cooperstown, go to Cooperstown. Baseball Hall of Fame, for anybody mm-hmm. who doesn't know what I'm saying, and then drive up to Maine. However, I figured out that that was about 12 hours of driving. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just to get, <laughs> just to get to Maine. I was like, oh, I don't know it if is, I want to do that. It much. is a lot. So, it's a, So you have to think about this. Like, not only is it a lot, but it's also if you don't hit it right. I mean, New York's always busy, but like if you hit rush hour traffic around there, you know, that can be super crazy. I will tell oh. you, like, my dad was a psychologist, usually a very calm guy, did not lose his stuff. But one year he decided with my mom when I was about three to travel to Maine from Sioux City, Iowa. And we took a car the whole way. And when we got to rush hour traffic, they had given me my own tape recorder and I didn't have headphones. But <laughs> that I had this I had this Sesame Street tape and it was playing C is for Cookie, which was my favorite song at the time. 
pretty soon we get into rush hour traffic. My dad goes, hey, can I see that? <laughs> and he, took, he popped the tape open, took the tape and just unspooled it <laughs> and gave it back to me. No more C's for cookie no for you. More. That's right. <laughs> I was so, trying to explain to my kids the other day because when we uh, drove to Cedar Rapids this past weekend, I was trying to explain to them that like we didn't have tablets. They were complaining that they were bored. And oh, they had gosh. their tablets ran out. I was like, I used to just stare out the window yeah. for yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So stop complaining. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know how good you have. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, so what did you guys get played over the uh, over the wonderful weekend or last week? Or well, I've been working on Knox because he oh. hates card games. Okay. It, anytime he's like, he's always up for playing a game. But anytime I bring out a new game. He says, let me see the back of it. And all he wants, he just wants to make sure that there's miniatures or wooden pieces. If it's all cards, he's like, nah, I don't want to play this. Well, I will say like, you know, I hope you haven't played Euchre around him because to see your dad milk somebody else's thumbs <laughs> can really. Hey, we got to wait till he's a little older. <laughs> <laughs> <That's not great. laughs> oh, but I ended okay. up picking up uh, Challengers, uh, which got uh, nominated for the Kenner Spiel, which is right. wild. I don't even look at the nominations anymore. Yeah, that, that, the that for the Kenner Spiel is ridiculous. Yeah, and I think Jason Brent was actually the first person that told me about this game. He, he was describing it to me uh, when we were at Age of Steam Con, when we were going to that tiny Italian restaurant that he dragged us to. And you're saying that like it was not an amazing restaurant. I mean, it was good. It was okay. fine. It was a little. Whoa, it was, whoa, just a, it was Jake, a tiny restaurant. Jake, relax on the. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dang good restaurant. But uh, I remember when Jason was describing this to me, I was thinking like, this game sounds terrible, <laughs> and it is basically. And the reason I, I picked it up is because it was. I, I saw some other after Jason told me about it. I I, I literally just put it out of my head because I just it just didn't sound like a game that I would want to play. Uh, but then someone I heard someone describe it as a auto battler. And Knox plays Super Auto Pets, which I'm not going to even try to explain that game at all because I don't really understand it. And he's told me about it a thousand times. Uh, but with Auto Battlers, all you're doing is you create a team and then they go out. And after you create the team, you just put them up against another person's team. And it, you know, the video game, they just figure out, you know, who wins. They just go up against each other and then eventually someone wins. In Challengers, uh, the way that the game works is that you will start the game. You have a six card deck. And uh, like we played a four player game. And so you, at the very beginning of the game, you'll pass out these cards who will tell you who you're going to go up against. And you will have it's seven rounds and every round you're fighting a different person. Uh, and you, you literally have to get up from the table. I didn't even Clef, you don't have to worry about this game at all. I think yeah, yeah, if you played it, you would physically hurt someone or yourself. <laughs> I don't think wow. <laughs> you would like this game at all. <laughs> Uh, you have to physically get up and move around the table during the game. I think that's one reason he would definitely hate the oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, who brought on this physical yeah. exercise? I don't like outdoors. I didn't say I don't like moving. <laughs> <laughs> but, so you have a six card deck and the only decisions in the game are at the very beginning. You have the deck, the, uh, I think it's called the deck phase or whatever, or card phase. You will, depending on what round it is, you'll get to draw cards either from the A deck, the B deck, or the C deck, and they just get more powerful. The A deck is what we what you start in, and then as you go up, the cards get more powerful. Uh, but you will draft. You get five cards dealt to you. Then you can keep up to two of them. 
and you have the ability to trash the five cards and draw another five. But then once you draw that five, you have to stick with it. And after you draft your cards, you can then, if you want to, get rid of any number of cards out of your deck. And then after that, this is where the game just goes on autopilot. You shuffle your cards, your opponent shuffles their cards, and then it's it's basically war at that point. There's a ton of different suits, ton of different card powers and stuff like that, but you don't have any control over you know, how it comes out. You're just shuffling your deck. You'll flip it over. And uh, the way that the the production is actually pretty nice. You have these, uh, you, it comes with four different play mats. Just depends on how many people you're playing with, how many you need. But on the play mat, there will be a space for a flag. Essentially, it's capture the flag is the theme of the game. And uh, whoever starts off, just they flip out their card. They'll take control of the flag. And then the next person will go. And in order to beat or to take the flag back, you have to match or exceed the number that they flipped out. So if the first player flipped out a four and then I flipped out a two and then another two, I would just keep flipping out until I beat that four. Then the flag comes back to me and all the cards that they had will go to their bench. And your bench has six spaces for unique cards. Uh, One of the ways that you can lose is if you need to put cards on your bench and there's no room for them. So that would lose you the match. Uh, the other way that you can lose is if you need to beat uh, beat the number that's out there and your deck is empty. That's the other way to win or other way to lose. Um, and that's it. That's that's a round. You do that. There's seven rounds in a game. Whoever has the most fans, whoever the two top after the seven rounds, whoever has the, the two top that have the most points, uh, they will do a showdown. And then whoever wins out of that wins the game. It is like if I played it with you guys, I, I would I would hate it. Absolutely hate it. Playing with Knox is, is a blast and it's mindless, just stupid fun. You, like I said, you really, there's not that many decisions in the game. It's just that card phase. And then after that, I mean, there's a little bit of strategy because you want to get down your deck so that you don't run into that issue of having to put cards onto your bench. But I mean, that's it as far as strategy wise. Uh, but I, I get why it would be nominated for like the Spiel des Jahres. I don't know. The Kinner Spiel is just wild. Because like I said, there's really no, not that many decision points. But if you're looking just for stupid fun, and if you know people that are into those auto battler video games, I, it does a really good job of recreating that. So I can recommend it for that. Um, and I don't even remember if Jason liked the game or not. Jason, let me know if you like the game. I can't remember. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it is stupid fun, worth at least checking out if you have someone in your life that is into those type of games. So. So Knox, Knox liked it. Yes, he did enjoy it. All so right. I don't know if I'm going to get him to, to play another, you know, card game. But once I told him it was kind of like his super auto pets game, then he was willing to try it out. So okay. And did he yeah. feel like that at the end? Like, yeah. oh, it is like that. Yeah, oh, he did. All right, cool. Well, so well that, done. That was called Challengers. Challengers. So uh, Planet Unknown is that that one where you put the tiles? That's on the, the tiles with the yeah. lazy Susan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, what is I? Iki. Iki. Or, yeah, yeah you, Iki. you played. Uh, yeah, I played. I've played Iki. Iki's yeah. good. Okay, that's the one that I would like. That's the level, at least weight wise, that I would think should be nominated for the Kenner. Right. I I never played Planet Unknown, so I don't know about that one. But and they haven't. The winners haven't been announced yet. No, I think it's okay. July. I think yeah. it's July that okay. announced. So uh, yeah, I saw that. I was really surprised that Challengers was nominated. Planet Unknown seems about the right way for the Kenner, like okay. from past stuff. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's fine. 
Uh, if you really like tile laying, some yeah. people really like that. And the Lazy Susan's a great gimmick because when you turn it, like you get to decide, you know, after you, right. uh, it, when you're in charge, you get to decide which way it turns. So you're kind of like giving choices to other players so, uh, okay. to a certain extent. So, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of nice if you're building up certain things to combo on your, on your board when you, when you, uh, uh, put them together and then it's got like little rubberized uh, cars and stuff that sit on the board based on what you've built and things that have to move around. It's, you know, it's nice. Uh, but I think uh, of, of the ones that are on there, Iki is the one that is most uh, intriguing to me. So we'll see. How yeah. That, I enjoy that one. See how so. that goes. What is, what is Iki's, what, what kind of game is it? Uh, it's worker placement, but you also, you have this big, you're basically your merchants like putting shops together and you have this big rondelle that you have your worker that will go around and you're just taking actions at the different spots but people you can take actions at spots where people have their workers or their merchants at uh, but they get a benefit from it. it it just i mean it's like a like worker placement rondelle type okay. game so gotcha all right. Well, well, what about you, Chad? Clef, you and I played yeah. this. Richie hasn't gotten it played, but as soon as you played my copy, you you bought it, basically. I but did. That is uh, Robotech Reconstruction from... Um, the designer is Dr. Wicks, uh, and that's uh, Harmony Gold USA and and Funimation, I guess, but uh, an SMG games. But this is a basically like an hour to an hour and a half coin game. It is a three to four player game. Uh, the the when it's a three player, there's one faction that is automated, and it, I, I'm sure most who have listened. But by, by the way, is coin is is short for coinsurgency. But this is that's kind of what this is about. Is that um, there's four different factions in this game. Um, it is based in the Robotech universe, which is an old uh, anime from maybe the 80s and 90s, and it's. Um, it's Macross, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's basically big robots uh, and fighting machines that robots that turn into jets and stuff. And basically, what this is 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 there was sort of an alien invasion to a planet that was uh, that, that had a the people of Earth and and an alien race of giant warriors, and there was a cataclysmic war. So this is after the event, and the four factions are like the Robotech Defense Force, who kind of helped defend against the the alien invasion. There's the leftover aliens that are now trying to live somewhat peacefully, possibly, on 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 this planet. And then there is the uh, Robotech Expeditionary Force, which kind of wants to help the Robotech Defense Force, just make sure that there are no uprisings. And uh, then there is the Anti-Unification League. So this is kind of like the people that have been on Earth, and they're like, we don't want the military in our business, you know, just just stay out of it. So there's definitely alliances that go on. But again, it's a really cool, it's a really cool system. It is totally almost wholesale ripped off from uh, from coin games. But you know, there's a lot of mechanisms that get repeated. But I would say uh, it's it's very interesting. It plays over, I think, like four rounds, if I if I remember correctly. Uh, and basically, what you're doing is you have your faction has a handful of cards. So every round, the first thing that you do is you kind of negotiate. You get to trade one of your event cards because you don't necessarily want to play your event card. Sometimes nobody else is going to play it for you, and um, so you have to. But basically, what you're trying to do is you're going to be playing event cards down, taking actions, just like in a coin game. But if you trade with another player and they play your card for you, then you get the special text that is on the card and you get to do a special uh, text below that 
that text as well. So you kind of get like a double event of that happening. And then um, that other player gets to do one of their main actions, but also a special action because on your turn, you can usually do uh, a couple different actions, but you don't usually get the special actions unless you play somebody else's card. So that's kind of why that comes into play. I think you just, you if you don't play somebody else's card, you just get one action and it has to be from a basic action. Right, right. If you play somebody else's card, you get two actions and they can both be special actions. Ah, uh, that's right. Uh, just whatever the case is, you can, yeah. But, right, yep, okay. thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, you are, you, you know, you're you're moving around the map, you're trying to take command. There's, there's stuff like... Um, just like in Cuba Libre, for instance, where you're flipping over um, people that are kind of insurgents, so you're discovered, you know, and then those people can only take limited actions if you're a certain factions. So you're you're kind of trying to control things, but it's really interesting because there's the game is set up to have a negotiation at the beginning of every round, which kind of makes it interesting. And sometimes you'll play other people's cards for them, but you're going to play it when obviously that card text will have a minimal effect. So maybe they'll get to do such and such with their troops in this, in this um, region. Well, they don't have any troops in that region. So it's a good time to play that card for instance, but there's a lot of give and take there. It's very interesting. Um, You can basically everybody has a major and a minor victory condition because certain ones of those can be met. Um, I find the game doesn't always go four rounds. Uh, if somebody's very good and they're the Robotech Defense Force, that's kind of like the rich government and they're set up pretty early to win. So people have to work together to kind of stop them. Their actions can be more expensive because there are resources on the board. They're kind of like um, kind of like in Cuba Libre. There are these certain cities that you want to control to have more resources, basically. And uh, you can use those resources to buy actions. The only thing about the Robotech Defense Force is their actions cost a lot more to do them. Um, but the the Zentradi Force, the aliens, basically, that are on Earth, they're kind of playing the long game. And if they can hold out till the, like the fourth round, they're in a much stronger position. Because you, you have cards that are just like a lot of those card-driven games. They're um, divided into more events, sort of, as you go. And uh, those events get stronger as the as the game goes on. So it's 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 a it's a really nice way. I think it's very friendly if people aren't into the historical side of things and and they like Robotech. It's like a perfect way to introduce them to coin. I think. Um, and there's and you know it feels like there's a lot of opportunity for table talk. It's one of those ways where it really um, even I won't say artificially, but it really introduces that aspect because it says hey here is a phase right here in this round for you guys to negotiate right now and you kind of learn how to work with the people that are in your corner so uh i i highly recommend it i think it's uh the the price point is pretty good for what you get and again it's a really nice we played it twice in an evening easily when we were first learning it so uh you know i i would think you know, if you're wondering about it, there's a couple of uh, playthroughs on YouTube. I think one of them is with the designer. So check it out. Uh, that's Robotech Reconstruction. I'm going to just throw in a quick thing because this is a game you have spoken about. Yeah. Uh, that I finally got to play. And that was Heat. Oh, when did yeah. you get to play that? Well, you'll never guess who bought this game and thinks it's awesome and likes to play it. Dan Smith. Yeah. Yep. I just... He, Dan, I, just, he I makes don't no understand sense. him. I will tell you why. Dan, okay. Dan. It's a deck builder? I no, mean, look, Dan's favorite game builder. right now, yeah. Dan's favorite game right now is uh, is John Company. 
Well, one okay. of them, right? Sure. Like, yes. And, and Dan likes to pretend that he's like the head of this company and let's, you know, he, it's the same thing. I'm telling you, when I played heat with Dan, we had our, we, <laughs> we had our big like foam fingers hanging out the window of our car and doing circles. And stuff. <laughs> we were, we were totally like role playing it and just, it's just good, fun. He needs to play station fall, by the way. I don't know if he has, but I'd be really interested to see. Yeah, I don't think not. he would like station fall. Really? Yeah. We, we discussed it the other day. He said he'd only play station fall if Brent was there. So if he hated it, Brent could sit there and make fun of it. Or something. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, cause I could not teach station fall. I mean, you would have to do it. I would not. Uh, I, I think I could Joe do it Farrell by this time. to Dan and Brent. Playing oh yeah. 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 No. Joe would be miserable. No Poor Joe would be miserable. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think a Brent might like that game too, because so he I, just, he'd just be into like what you can do. I do too. I think if they both played it and they yeah. were and both of them, like, okay, we're okay to like this. Yeah. I think they'd have a lot of fun. Yeah. But one of them all of a sudden would give the, uh, yeah. then it'd be like, oh, downhill. Yeah. <laughs> no. So that's what I think though. I, I think having played it with him, uh, it's just good, like kind of stand up fun, like a, yeah. a beer, beer and pretzels game. What it did was, you think? It was, it was interesting. So it definitely, it, you know, it was kind of more of a deck management game because you're really not building a deck during it. You know, you're adding a couple of things, uh, trying to, uh, whatever those extra cards are, if you did spin outs or whatever. Um, I didn't do very well at it because I didn't quite understand. I, I think I was too cautious in the turns. Like I would always make yeah. sure. Yeah, that, you got to push it. Yeah, and uh, so I, I didn't quite catch that until it was too late, and I was I was too far behind. But you know, it was good. I don't know if it was a game that I would plan on playing again. But I mean, I, I thought for a racing game, I thought it was. Uh, I thought they did a good job. I guess I'll say that. So yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm a big racing car game person though. So I don't. You know, I don't know. We, yeah. we, I mean, if you're not, uh, if you're not into racing, then it might not be your thing, but we just like, like it goes real quick and it feels like there is a, yeah, a, an opportunity Snappy for stand up moments yeah. and you want to play. I, it still doesn't make any sense that Dan likes it. Dan's taste is just, it's odd these days. Like the things that he loves and the things that he, he loves is just, it's, it's I, odd to me. I, I, some days I don't understand, like, you know, like. This Euro is okay, and this Euro is right, like right, the right. worst thing ever, and I don't, yeah, I, but you know what, hey. I mean, what Speaking I of a Euro Euro, uh, okay. one of the games that was uh, donated to us, thanks to All Play, uh, formerly known as BoardGameTables.com, uh, uh, All Play gave us a, a few good really good games to uh, put big on our play to win. Yeah. Big yeah. Big top was, was fantastic. I, the big top yeah. was one of the hits at the con. I mm-hmm. think yep. everybody, you know, if you look back at our Most Slack played. channel today, I think some, even Missy tried to get in on the giveaway for that. Didn't she, 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 she tried to, to sneak <laughs> in there. <laughs> and, uh, cross that out. Yep. <laughs> Punch board paradise, uh, employees or, uh, not eligible. Not eligible. <laughs> but, uh, I wanted her to win it too. I know. But what else? We got something else from them. Yeah, right? we played uh, a game called Pollen oh, yeah. from uh, from them, which is Reiner Kinesia. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so nice. it is. I mean, basically, what it is is it's Samurai, the card game. Um, oh, okay. So what you're doing is you have these kind of pollen tokens, and they you everybody has a hand of the same cards, and you're drawing a few of those cards to play each round, and you're putting these cards out, and they have little divots in them so that they can surround these these pollen tokens, these these flowers, basically. And the, and the cards have um, insects on them. So you've got like a one butterfly, or a two bumblebee, or um, you have a three 
I don't know if there's a four, but you have a three star. Basically, the stars are wild. And what you're trying to do is surround the flower token with the most of a particular insect and then win the majority. And then you'll get those uh, nice wooden chunky insect meeples. And basically, you're trying to do that all over the board as you build it out. So the pollen token will come out of the bag if there are two cards out that make kind of a half circle divot together when they're put together. And you'll put that pollen out and then you'll try to you know build out. And once it's surrounded by four cards, you check the majority and you'll get a token. So the winner is the person that has the most majorities of insects, I believe, is how it goes. And then if you are tied, then it's the person that has the most in that majority, usually. So it's an interesting game. Um, I heard, I have not played Samurai. I'm dying to play Samurai, but I have not played Samurai. I heard from somebody who was at the table said, this is nice because it goes pretty quick, right? But there's a little bit less thinkiness involved because in Samurai, the board game, the map is sort of already laid out for you. So there's a little bit more planning strategy of kind of the way that you're going to put things out rather than, okay, that comes out and now we put that there and that sort of thing. Am I... What am I? I'm thinking of like the cube tower thing. Is that that is no, Shogun. Shogun? You're thinking of Shogun. Gotcha. Yeah, Samurai. If you have the original version of Samurai, you have these nice little—they're not porcelain, but they almost look porcelain uh, pieces. The that Z-Man company that yeah. reprinted a bunch of them, reprinted Samurai and did plastic pieces for the their second edition. But I don't think that's in print anymore. But yeah, I think the last people to have it in print was actually a Fantasy Flight when they were doing some of those. Oh yeah, that's right. Fantasy games. Flight, yeah. not Z-Man. Yeah. yeah. Wind, Wind Rider? Yes, Wind, yeah, Rider, Wind Rider games. games. You got it. it was. Yeah. yeah, but, uh, but it'd it, be nice to a, see game. Samurai come out again. I'd, yeah, I'd like, I like to Samurai. get a chance to play it. So oh, Nice. Uh, just not to talk about the play, but I just want to mention that uh, I got a, I got a play of Twilight Imperium 4 in. Oh, really? Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> uh, Corey made a game day, and uh, so it was uh, Jake and uh, Joe Farrell, Mason, and myself. And uh, yeah, we got to play. Uh, so with Jake got a, a makeup game from the PPCon. That's good. He couldn't finish I'm glad that to one. hear. Yep. So we played a little five-player game, and it took us about seven hours to play. So it's not bad. No, it wasn't wasn't too bad. It was. Who, who ended so, up winning? Uh, well, you realize I brought it up. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I was able to, uh, yeah, sneak in and get the win there. They, it was, it, it is a really weird feeling because uh, how that game goes is. Everybody can see, okay, he's going to score a point and win like Mm -hmm. this. And so now you have four people that are everything they are doing is trying to stop you. you. And it's a really like, oh my God, are they, you know, so somebody comes in and attacks me. I have, you know, I battle it off. The number of the person comes in and attacks me. So uh, it was, it was intense, uh, fun little last turn there, but uh, I was just barely able to uh, withstand everything. And yeah. Did you guys play with any of the expansion stuff? We played with all of the expansion stuff. So yeah, it was, uh, Corey threw it all in there. And a lot of that was new to me because, uh, you know, this is like the Twilight Imperium 4 expansions. I've played all the the TI3 ones. So it was some new stuff that I'd never played with. So it was, it was, it was good. And it had been about three years, I think, since I had last played it. Uh, Joe and I were probably the most inexperienced of with the new stuff because Mason and Jake and Corey had all played it at PPCon. So, so yeah. what faction did you win with then? Uh, it's a good question, Chad. Oh. Um, <laughs> all he remembered is that he won. That's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, really after <laughs> that. Um, and I guarantee you, it was the it was the faction where well, he sat there for like three hours like, 
I don't believe this. I'm not even winning this at all. Why are you guys attacking me? I guarantee there was points in the game where I was like, gosh, my rolls are terrible. I can't do anything. Everybody else has more than me. You, know, you have to play that way. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I can't. They were the interesting part about mine are it was I was kind of encouraged to go out and attack other races and win combats because then I got to take one of their tokens to make my my fleet bigger so I could have a bigger fleet. And so I like first turn of the game. I mean, I went like tried to attack Mason somewhere and uh, you know, then I went and attacked Corey. So I was like really kind of on the offense um, and which, you know, kind of put a little bit of target, but I think as all those type of games, you know, I didn't really surge ahead until almost like the last like round or two. And then that's where, you know, and then they just couldn't quite stop me, but it was fun. Uh, I mean, I told I, I'd honestly, I'd play it again. So I think it was uh it, I think I used to play it, I think, too much where, you know, I just kind of burnt out a little bit. And now yeah. it's, it's been a while. So, yeah, I would definitely I enjoyed it. It was good. Good group of people to play with. I tell you, I mean, that was uh, just just a fun, um, you know, we, we stayed on task. You know, we didn't watch Rambo in the middle of it. You know, it was, it was all good. So, <laughs> And you actually finished the game. Yes. Yeah, the, the good news is neither Brent nor Dan ever listen to this podcast. So I can say whatever. So. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, we probably better move on. And, uh, oh my God, what is that? I think it looks like something is Whoa, sticking out of oh. Richie's bag. Achoo. Oh my God. Oh. That thing has some dust on it. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what is that, Richie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. I think this is the old mail bag. Yeah. Mail? Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't know we still had a mail bag. <laughs> Well, it looks like we got a, a uh, an email here from Saskatoon Dave. Woo! All right, Dave. So Dave wants to know what's the best coin game to start off with. And then also after that, what would be the next step for a coin game? And then he's also asking about two-player coin games. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, Chad, I'm, you start off with what you think. Uh, I'm not by any, by any means the resident expert. But what I would say is that I just mentioned what I think is a nice sort of segue into coin games. Like this, this Robotech reconstruction I talked about is a very cheap entry compared to most GMTs. And it, I mean, it really copies. I mean, it straight up copies a lot of what uh, GMT games and the coin uh, Volko rune key um, mechanisms do well. And it's in a shorter time frame, so that makes it more palatable. And I think people get used to, okay, here's my faction, which can do some of what your faction can do, but a lot of other different actions as well, you know? And then again, like I said, kind of seeing who you want to work with around the table. I mean, I think those kinds of things are a nice entry point without the time investment. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you, Chad. I mean, I do. I, I think uh, the Robotech does a nice job of on your turn. Here are, you know, do you want to make more troops? Do you want to move? Do you want to attack? You know, it kind of gives you some of those feels. You might lose a little bit on the, the fact how the card play is, is not like a traditional coin game of how the cards work. But I do think the just on how to pick an action and kind of do it. And then and certainly the well, I need to do this to win, but I've got a person who's trying to do the exact opposite to try to win. And you're, you know, you're trying to combat them and then, you know, kind of also then combat your other two opponents. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you for a non coin game. I think that's a good start. So. What, what do you think? And cause I will definitely go into this, but what do you think Richie and Clef 
what do you think for those that would say, oh, you know, if if you've never played a coin game, it might be good to get people interested in or start with Root. What would you say to that? I'll let you go first, Richie, before I give you the right answer. <laughs> I honestly, I don't think for like the pure coin games, I don't think Root translates that well to them. Just because it's the the different factions are so different in Root. And that's kind of the hook there where in the the most of the insurgents are relatively the same in coin they're just slightly different between the different uh, groups but uh, yeah I, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't necessarily point you towards root. here here's the biggest thing the, the the draw to a coin game is as I was just kind of talking about is if you're playing a faction your way might be to gain support you know in certain number and my way might be to have you know have against you know in those areas. Where root, everybody's just trying to score thirty points. You're not, you're not trying to do something different than your opponent. That's where I think root does not correlate into a coin game. And and in fact, I mean, once again, it's not even the same on each faction. Is so different on here's what I am doing this round. It's not like you're just like, oh, I'm going to pick from. Do I want to, you know, uh, you know, make more troops? Do I want to move? Do I want? Yes, you're. It, I don't think I don't think it corresponds. The wholesale mechanisms are different in root. I would yeah. say yeah. is was, what you're saying, and, and the, that makes the sense. card, the main, you know, everyone looking at those two cards that are up is kind of the main thing in coin, where you really don't have that in root. You have your own hand of cards right. that you're playing. So, right. uh, so if you were going to pick an actual coin game, okay, so we're talking, you know, from you know, good old GMT coin game, I, I you know. I would obviously, I would say, you know, Pendragon would be the one you'd want to start. Oh, this get out of here. Oh, I'm <laughs> kidding. Dave, Dave, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In fact, try that, try that one last, okay? Um, you don't no. even need to try Pendragon. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do, because you were wrong. It is amazing. But anyways, um, a lot of people would say Cuba Libre is a good one to start with because it has a much smaller map, and it's a little bit more manageable. But I honestly still think Andy and Abyss is the best one to start with. It really gives you... To me, everything that is all about a coin game, it's exactly what I was just talking about, where each of the factions are exact polar opposites and of what they're trying to do to win. And I feel like you have enough places to move and do stuff that it's enjoyable. Uh, and I, and I think it's, I think it's still simple enough, even with the map being bigger I easily think you could start with Andy Abyss, but I don't think there's any problem with starting with Cuba Libre either. Yeah, I think either one of those would, would be a good start for what's out. I know People Power, which is at the printer, but I think you can still get in on the the P500. It was designed to be a intro into Coin, uh, so that might be something worth checking out um, for two player uh, British Way, which you've, you've talked about oh, on the. I was about to go to this okay. when he was yeah. when he st- when we go into two player, yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, the British uh, British Way and the. Gorilla Generation, which is in P500, those are both two players as well. And I'll, I'll let Clef get into that a little bit more. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if uh, certainly, like I said, I mean, if you've got the four players, I think that's where you start. And I think then he said kind of where would you go from there? And I would tell you, if you start to feel comfortable with the coin system, you know, and this is obviously my personal opinion, but I think Fallen Sky is absolutely the best coin game. And I would say that's kind of the next step. It's a little bit more complex, but it certainly is just, it's amazing. And then I would also say when you go to that next step, um, it kind of find out how your group likes to play. 
There are a couple of them, for instance, like Liberty or Death, which is not a big, I'm not a big fan of it, but it's more of a team aspect where you'll have like the, the, you know, the American revolutionists and the, uh, and the French working together against the British and the Indians. Um, and so there's a, a dy- dynamic there that you got to get to play as a team game. And then once you get through all that, then go to Pendragon because it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I honestly think for a next step, what, whatever uh, setting is your favorite. Because like I don't, I, don't I, I like Fallen Sky, but it's not like it doesn't really right. do anything for me as yeah. far as the setting. So like I like a distant plane, uh, like yes. that setting more. Um, so yeah, I, your next step, any is once you know sure. coin, you can jump into any coin. Sure. These are so much entrenched in history. So with with Richie, I have to agree. Like I, I I'm fascinated by uh, the dynamics in a distant plane with the different factions and ha- and like w- historically what those mean when they're working together or working against each other. And it's it, that dynamic because, you know, because I remember, you know, living through the time and like having this issue, you know, I mean, it just, it, it's very fascinating to me. And then the other one to me was Gandhi because Gandhi, uh, you know, the, the historical nature of it. And plus, uh, it's, it was the first one to have nonviolent factions, you know, so they're not, they, they aren't, uh, they aren't really attacking. They're kind of like sitting on the railways and doing different stuff like that, which is again, to me was very interesting. And I still gravitate towards, towards, uh, Gandhi. If I'm picking a coin game just because of that. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, the, for me, if I mean, making that step to a distant plane is, it can be tough because uh, the you know the U.S. government and the Afghans got to work together, uh, or you can play the Taliban, which are probably the strongest. But God, if you play the warlords in distant plane, I mean, I've yet to see anybody win with the warlords. They are so tough to win with. So yeah. that's that can be a struggle where I feel like, and once again, I'm just I'm throwing my own ring in the hat here. I think that Fallen Sky is so well balanced that it just it 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 is. You've never seen anybody win with Caesar. So yeah. That's because I play them and I suck. <laughs> I mean, got to be. Uh, granted, Brent played them and, and lost too. But anyways. Um, uh, so, yeah. But now the other question, the two-player. And before, we only had Colonial Twilight. was the only two-player right. one that we had. Uh, now, I will say that uh, Labyrinth is – it's not a coin game, but it's, it's darn close to a coin game. And it's probably a better two-player game than that. But I just happened to get – uh, a copy of the British way, which is brand new that just came out and it is a two player coin game. And the great, the cool thing about this is there's actually four different scenarios in the box there. Are, and they're all about obviously the British and different areas of, of their empire at the time. And I've played the first one, which is in Palestine. Um, but it is a much quicker and I would say simpler two player coin game. In fact, if you're, I would say, I think you're okay to start playing that before you would even jump into a four player game, because it really teaches you almost everything there is about coin game. It teaches you about events. It teaches you, you know, I mean, you can do basic actions. You can do that with the special action. It's all about, you know, I need to, you know, as the insurgents, I need to sabotage. I need to terror where the government is trying to, you know, stop that stuff and, you know, bring the cities back into order. It really is good both back and forth and it's relatively quick. I mean, it was only, I think 21 cards was all it was for the, yeah. for the first scenario. And it snapped by in about an hour and a half, you know, now that's great. That's, 
that's with two people playing who really know how to play coin games. So, I mean, you know, if you don't know, it might take but a I little think bit longer. But, yeah. It's still in the coin system, but it that's their whole new, like, little mini, like, four packs in within one box that they're starting yeah. to put out. So yep. that one and then the Gorilla Generation will be the next one. Yeah. Another one to look into, potentially, I haven't played it. No one, it's not out yet. Uh, but a guess, a, a jest of Robin Hood yeah. is going to be part of the irregular coin series. Mm -hmm. um, so it just has a portion of coin in it, which I think mainly centers around the card play. Uh, that might be worth looking into as well, if you're, especially if you're interested into in the theme. So is that just two factions like Richard only, and then yep, the Merry Men? Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't know much about it except the designer and that it had a coin element, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, back in. And I know I just read it might even have been in the British way. Uh, then uh, the person was saying, I totally just stole this from Jest of Robin Hood. So yeah, so, oh I mean, nice. It's, uh, people are already regarding it as a, a really cool idea. Obviously, I'm sure he's played prototypes. And stuff yeah, Dave, just so. go on so GMT and just. P500 everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what we do. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that is what I do. Uh, Brent got charged like uh, $360 the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop the blue. Yeah, I'm like waiting for a, a big charge to come through. Just came through. Yep. Yeah. His kids aren't going to eat this month. <laughs> yeah, well, it's worth it. <laughs> All right. Although, also, if, uh, just real quick, if you, uh, Dave, if you play online, Rally the Troops, just add it, Andy and Abyss. Uh, so you can play, and that's the first coin game that's been available online to play with rules enforcement. So if you want to check it out for free, that is an option. All right. You can do that with you. Yeah. Uh, Dave, that, that question got me so excited. I was so happy to answer all that. I've, I'm done for the podcast. You guys finish it up. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thanks for sending in your email. Hopefully we'll get you to PPCon here soon. All right. Well, shall we uh, hop in and do a little review? Let's do it. Let's right. do it. All right. So I'm going to give a very, very, very quick synopsis of how to play uh, this game here. So this game is Hegemony, lead your class to victory. This uh, is designed from Vangelis Bagiartakis and Varnavis Timotiu. Uh, and it is Hegemonic Games, I believe, is the company. All right. Chad, how come you wouldn't let me say the names? <laughs> I was offended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so um, the game is played. It is a technically a four-player game. It does have bots to be able to play less players, including you could play it solo. Um, I would say runtime is around probably three hours for your first game. Um, possibly more. Um, I think once you start to play it, I think you probably get it down to maybe two and a half hours. It, I mean, it just depends. So, yeah, it probably depends, more. You know, probably <laughs> more. If go into this knowing it's going to be a long time. So, all right. So what it is, is there are going to be four different um, types of parts of our government or our society, maybe I guess I should say, where there's going to be a working class player, there's going to be a player who's playing the middle class, a player who's playing the capitalists, and a player who is playing the state or kind of the government. And each player, now the way to win the game is you're 100% just looking to get victory points, but each uh, class has a different way to score victory points. Uh, the workers are going to gain points 
by kind of making themselves better off, you know, having more prosperity. Um, and they can do that by have, you know, spending healthcare and they can spend, um, education and, and do different things to kind of make them just more prosperous and more happy. The middle class is similar except for they can own businesses. So they will have like their own businesses that they will put out that they can go to work in, but they can also have some of the working class come to work in there. So the capitalists, they're all about just making a lot of money. So they, that's how they kind of, uh, you know, they have buildings and stuff that they have people come and work at. So they can either have middle class or, or the working class come and work there. And they just are trying to sell goods either to the foreign market or to other players to make a whole bunch of money. And then they score points off of how much money they have. And then finally you have the state and the state is kind of there to kind of just facilitate and kind of try to give a bunch of stuff to a whole bunch, you know, to all three classes and make sure, kind of almost wants all three classes to kind of be working in harmony. And then they have to do certain events and stuff like that, but they're trying to keep up their public sector. So then they're trying to keep healthcare and education where people can purchase it. And then they kind of gain victory points from that. Um, so that's kind of what you're doing. So everybody will have a hand of cards and on your turn, you'll get to play one of those cards and you can either do the event on the card or they can take one of their basic actions that they have. And each person has a different set of basic actions. So you'll play the card. Like I said, you'll do whatever you want to do. And then everybody also has some free actions and you can take one free action a turn. Uh, some of them might be like, take some benefits from the state. It might be, um, you know, purchase education or healthcare to make your prosperity better. Those type of things you can do. Those as kind of free actions. Once everybody has played five cards in a round, then you go to kind of the business aspect of the end of the round, which the first thing is, is you have to pay wages. So the middle class have to pay any wages of working classes that are working in their buildings. And then the capitalists have to pay everybody, all the classes that are working in their buildings. And then the state has to pay anybody who's working in the public, or excuse me, in the pri- no, public sector. Yeah. Or the capitalists have the private sector. So they are paying their wages. So everybody has to pay wages. If you can't, you have to take a loan. Okay. And the loans obviously can be detrimental to pretending potentially, but, um, and then after that, you're going to produce all the goods. So there's food that you're producing, education, healthcare, and luxury goods. And then those are things that you're going to use in the following rounds to try to do different things. After you do that, people have to meet needs. So like the working class, they have to buy enough food to support themselves as so does the middle class also. And then, uh, you know, like, and then you kind of go through a few other different things. One thing you're going to check to see, does the state have enough money? If the state doesn't have enough money and they had to take a loan, there's a potential of what's called the IMF coming and they will basically shut down the state and reopen it back up under their way. And then, so that kind of stops the state from making as much points as they can from that. And then the real meat of the game, well, I, I guess the meat of the game maybe would be the, the playing of the cards, but the secondary part of it is then we have all what we call these uh, political agendas. And there are seven different political agendas. And people during the rounds, one of the actions they can take is they can put an agenda up for a vote to move it to a different spot. And there's like three there. There's an A, B, and a C. 
And as the capitalist, you're usually wanting them on, you know, one side as the middle class, you kind of want them more down the middle. And as the workers, you want them on, you know, on the other side. So you got, it's kind of a tug and war of trying to move those things to where you want them to. And sometimes you might be like, you know, Hey, Chad, make me this deal. I want to, you know, do this, you know, I'll support you in this vote if you'll do this for me and you're trying to get these different agendas passed. And uh, so, and then once, then everybody gets a voting token and they can, you pull these cubes out of a bag of people's different colors. You can add these extra influence to try to win the vote. Um, and then you go through there and once the, you're done with the vote, that's really a round. And then boom, you go into another round and you play five rounds. And I've probably talked way too much already, but there's a, a brief overview of how you play the game. Whew. Yeah. My breath. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah. And I probably didn't touch on 50% of the game. I don't no, know. no. This is, this game was meant to be a simulation of, you know, what, how, how economy works with politics, basically. I mean, and, and I, I would say that this is, you know, in, in the scope of games that are meant to be used as a teaching tool, first and foremost, which is what this was initially created from, uh, it's a pretty intricate, well-designed game from that perspective, since it, it's a teaching tool first, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as the working class, you hate the capitalists and yeah. the state is iffy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And then as a capitalist, you, you're just tired of those, that that working class uh, demanding more, off of yeah, demanding yeah. more wages. And well, I, I mean, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, I mean, and I know this happened when we were playing this. You know, I play a lot of, you know, uh, realistic war games or, you know, different things with history and everything. And I think I said to you guys when we were playing this, I, as a capitalist especially, I hate paying taxes. Yes. The game makes you like, I mean, it is a painful yeah, thing. It, it yes. really feels physically painful. That. So, I mean, it's like, so, I mean, I think they did a tremendous job of making you feel like, oh man, I've got to, you know, and you know, the working class, you, well, you got to get enough money so that you are enough food, you know, to take care of your people. And then you got to do this to make, make yourself happy, you know? And then, you know, the capitalists are trying to just, you know, make people pay as little that one more thing we didn't talk about, you can change their wages, you know? So you're trying as the capitalist to make sure the wages are as low as you possibly can so that you can get the most out of everything, but still produce your goods. Yeah, we and we didn't even talk about it, but there's uh there's part of the things that you vote on politically. There's an immigration thing, and then you kind of yeah. see like, oh gosh, if we, you know, if we flood the country with immigrants, it's great for the capitalists because they have all this much cheaper labor, right? Um, but the working class is like, wow, now I can't. I have more unemployment in my in my faction because there's not enough jobs for them, you right? Know? Which makes you more unhappy. Yeah, yeah. so that that hurts your prosperity. Yeah, well, we have gotten ahead of ourselves. Oh. Art and components. Ah, uh, yes, art and Should components. Probably go over those first. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> I think for as much, uh, I will say, like the board, for example, for as much as there is to convey there, I think the use of color is fairly helpful. Um, so I think the yeah. design and and I don't think the for the most part, and I will talk about this. Uh, the iconography is not that confusing now. If you are the state, you are uh, you're trying to bump up these little uh, incentives. It's it's called legitimacy tokens, basically, because 
to show that you are a state, a real state, you know, that you're a legitimate state. You're trying to get these legitimacy tokens um, to score more. Um, basically, it's just uh, it's just a way of, of showing that, you know, you're you're long lasting. You're, you know, you're going to be something that is uh, talked about in history. And so there are ways to bump up this track, but then there are permanent tokens that you also get. And the iconography between on cards between the actual permanent tokens that you can keep that bump you up every end of round and the actual just bumps you get from doing actions for certain factions, they're really close. And everybody who has played the state has said, okay, wh which one is this? Multiple times, not just once. And so that could have been much better differentiated. I understand that you want to convey it's the same track, but I would have used a little bit different iconography because that yeah. was always confusing. And I never played the state, so but I did see. I mean, they, they could have easily just taken the shield off of the one, yeah. <laughs> and then you know that it's not the shield token. But yeah. right, yeah, I I think I now I finally do. I can look and say yes, I know what the difference is. But I'll totally agree. It took me a while to say which one is this. And the first time I ever played the game, I played as the state. And I'm not sure I knew the entire time you know, which one was which. So, yeah. Um, I, I will, once again, I will say, other than that, I do think the iconography is spot on. It yes. is easy to look at, is easy to understand. It is easy to grasp where is what. I think they did it. I mean, the board is is huge. I mean, it's a, mm -hmm. this is a table hog. You're going to need a big table to play this on. But I think they did a really good job with that. The only other thing that I would complain about the cards, they look tremendous. And when you like pick one of them up, they feel just fine. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what it is or what they made those cards out of. They do not peel they, off well. They have some sort of sticky finish to them where they want to stick together. And the first, certainly the first few times you play with them, they're the, the back surface of the card really wants to stick to the rest of the cards. Right. I had just a, I ended up, it, I don't sleeve very many games and especially ones that I don't, I mean, this one you do do a lot of shuffling and, and stuff like that. I usually don't worry about it, but I had to sleeve these because I was like, I cannot play with how these, they just, yeah. It made it a lot better to play with after yes. that. So yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't think the card quality is bad. No, I, I it's just a really weird finish. That out. It's, it's just, just a weird finish. Just like that, that Darwin's journey. You just got to throw some baby powder on it or some dirt. Maybe that will, <laughs> or just sleeve them. Maybe that's the better option. That's just, better. just sleeve them. And the, and the insert takes will take sleeved cards, so they did yeah, a beautiful yeah. oh, job nice. there. Yep. Take sleeved cards. That insert is actually pretty darn nice. I mean, and, for uh, what it is. quite yeah. honestly, too, I don't know if you if you like it, but they did this in the Kickstarter. You can find in one of the uh, later updates of the Kickstarter, uh, they give you to print off these card dividers, and actually, those can be pretty handy if you choose to cut them out after you print them out, and you can put the sleeved cards in there, and it's a nicer way to kind of get stuff out when you need it. So, but, uh, I will say too, that the player aids are, are pretty helpful for the most part. This could have been, this game could have been a disaster if it, if it didn't have good player aids of what you're needing to do mm -hmm. each phase yeah. as each faction. Cause it is fairly different. Right. You basically get two, one big right. one and one condensed one and it is needed, but uh, thank goodness they did it. Cause it could have been a lot worse. Oh yeah. Kudos to that. That is, it's very nice. And I, I like the fact that you can just keep the little one, which is most of the time what you need. But if you need a little bit more explanation, you can go to the big one and it gives you a little bit more explanation. Yeah, and it calls it all out so, on there. 
Yeah. Very yeah. smart. I, I feel like that was something that they probably even yeah. found in play testing that people needed yeah. a little bit more right. to refer to. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. I, overall, I'd give it an, an, an A for, for components yeah, and good. art. I think they did. Have you read job. the rule book yet? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I did, did read, read the rule book okay. I, and I actually weirdly enough I read the whole like other supplementary uh, politics and economics uh, book uh, I thought that was <laughs> interesting okay <laughs> I'll take it I'll take it I found it to be interesting because I, I was really curious about what what they wanted you to glean from the game because that's kind of for the review that's what I I kind of wanted to approach it as like is it doing what it wants to be doing essentially right so uh, I, I found it interesting to read that booklet. Speaking of the gameplay, what uh, what did you guys think about the gameplay? I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, like I said, I think that as far as like the theme of the game, that that comes through very well. And if you have the, the right people at the table, because there was a couple of times where when I was a capitalist and Josh was asking for raises and stuff, it's like, I, I mean, you're lucky I'm even taking this meeting right now. <laughs> you shouldn't even be able to look me in the eye. <laughs> Keep your head down in the hallway, please. <laughs> like if you if you get into the theme, like it, it is fun. I think you I, and I think this game is it's hard not to get into the theme because, again, like when you pay taxes, everybody groans because as a capitalist, the way that you win is move the money you just made that round into your permanent capital, basically. And when you're like, oh, look at all this money I made. This is like victory points mm -hmm. right there. And if you can imagine having all these victory points in front of you that you just worked so hard for, and then all of a sudden a huge percentage of it just leaves because of the because of, because of that schmuck who sat across from you and promised to vote for lower taxes <laughs> last round and totally did not, you know. Uh, so so it's it's great in that in that aspect. Uh, the first first time I played this, so you know Jake had just gotten his copy. And I called him up and I said, you know, let's do it. And he said, okay, I, I haven't read the rules and, and I, you know, I've watched a short thing on it. He brought it over and four of us just kind of dug in and we, you know, just tried to run with it with knowing not a lot, you know, I mean, Jake had certainly gotten some of it. And I was a little bit like, huh, I don't know because I couldn't at the time figure out what I could do to manipulate the other players. Like if somebody's like, okay, well the working class has jumped out. How do I stop them from continuing to score? And how do, you know, do, do we catch up? And so at first I was a little bit like, huh, I'm not sure. But then once I played it again, that's when the light bulb started clicking. And there is so much actually interaction in this game. It's, it's, it's really kind of, it's, it's subtle interaction. It's not a more of a, I'm going to attack you type of thing. It's a, Oh, well, I'm going to try to lower the wages if I'm the capitalist, you know, or if I'm the workers, I'm going to go on strike. I'm not going to work in your building. So yes, I may not get paid wages, but you're not going to produce, which is how you're winning. Uh, and, you know, and then there's the, um, the political, you know, like, well, I'm going to try to do these different things. There's just so much going on. And we actually, you know, and this is a little side note and I don't want to get too much into uh, the expansions, but we added those extra cards that were more, interactive cards and i really like really those. those i thought yeah. those were you know like take a bill away from somebody you know and make them you know and you could go there i thought that was really cool some of the stuff that they i would honestly that. say like that expansion i, I would almost say is essential for, just put them in yeah, yeah. it yeah. doesn't really feel mean because no you everybody has the same cards yeah. and really it's about picking your time to use them yeah. if you get them into your hand because you're you have a whole deck that gets shuffled but 
you can keep cards from round to round too. So there was quite often where I would get, I got one of those mean cards, so to speak, early and was like, oh, I got to save this for when I really want to take a bill away from somebody and it's really going to benefit me, you know, or, you know, or or something. But because it is in the game it is in, uh, it doesn't feel mean at all. And, And like you said, I think this is one of the strong points of the game because they want to show the interaction between the classes. Mm -hmm. And so that is what the game is about. So really you just have to, it's part of learning the game. And then once you've learned the game and how those things interact, uh, then you start to see the connections in real life. I think that's kind of what they're going for now. Granted, there's a lot of simplification here. There's a lot of other things that affect these classes and and these interplay, sure, sure. this, this we'll interaction. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, I think it does a good job with what it's trying to do. Uh, I mean, the last game that we played, I was playing the state. And the state, you're trying to kind of evenly move up the three different classes up a little chart. Uh, and the more you move them up, the better the points you get. And you don't ever want the IMF to come visit you because they will make you, you'll go down half of whatever you are at. You'll lose a lot of points. And the way that happens is if you take a loan and, you know, don't have enough money. And we were in the last round and I was a state and I was feeling really good. And I had some really high points. And then the last two cards of the game, Richie hits me with something that took a bunch of money out of my account. And then Josh hit me with a bunch of money and and I went broke and the IMF had to come and I had to take a loan and boom, all my points went away. And I remember being physically like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, like I was upset. And to me, like at the, you know, the, the situation, not at Richie and Josh, I don't mind that. But I think that shows what a good gameplay it is when you can do that. And, 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 you know, you, you have that feeling of, oh man, that really sucked, you know, type of thing. I don't know. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So, so, I guess that that brings up a good point. So if because this isn't a short game, right? And so people would say like, "Oh, I, to have my game end that way and it's a 4-hour game or something like that." I don't know, I might be frustrated. I mean, how do you address that? I mean, it's not necessarily random when that happens. Like you need to you may have thought that you had a lot of money, but like that they had those cards. Those cards are out there. They can play those cards, you know. Yeah. And I mean, and I have uh, different levels of the, and I can't remember what that one was called, but where I can have more loans and I don't get visited from the IMF. So right, that's a political thing you can yeah, vote on and move so, the marker. Uh, so no, I mean, I blame myself. I should have realized, well, what happens if, you know, three people in a row hit me with a card that, you know, is good. So that that's on me. So for me, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. I enjoy that. You know I mean? I don't enjoy losing half my points, you know, cause I'm trying to win. But I enjoy that that's something that next time I'm going to make sure if I'm the state and I'm doing that. Okay, well, I could have spent some money maybe to get some extra points, but you know what? I'm going to mm-hmm. leave some money in there just so I can make sure that I have enough money not to not to go broke or whatever. So, yeah, yeah that's... And honestly, like that. every faction, it seems like there's kind of that, like if you're the working class and you're all employed with the capitalists, they can easily just start closing buildings and firing your people. You're going to start losing your trade unions. Like every class has something where another class can really screw them over uh, if you're not playing 
you know, cautiously or being prepared for certain things. Yeah. So I started to understand, uh, you know, in the middle when I was playing working class, I was like, oh, I really need to make sure that I try to get into the public sector. And I really, for instance, want to vote for getting the state's IMF uh, further out so that they can open more public buildings so I can work in those to get my trade unions because those will probably disappear a little less readily. Right. And I'll be able to keep my trade unions or geez, they're, they keep doing this to me. Capitalists. I'm going to start striking in some of their buildings and teach them a lesson, you know? Right. right. So, I can't remember. Could the middle class close down buildings? Was that one of their options? Or yeah, they can sell, they, they can, can sell, sell one of their buildings. Okay. All right. So yeah. So still, okay. but the workers obviously had the opposite where they could go on strike or they could even do like a demonstration, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, so that was a way that they could get back at the capitalists. So yeah. yeah and so force them to hire people. Yeah. yeah. Very, uh, yin and yang type there. So, yeah. How did you guys feel? I mean, I think most of us played at least most of the factions, if not all, did you feel like, uh, well, let's talk. I mean, were there balance issues here? Were there fun issues here? Fun in quotations, because that's sort of a nebulous term. But uh, Well, I would say the most fun I had was playing the capitalist because it was very much a just how much money could you make, you know, and it was all about doing everything possible to make a bunch of money. Of course, then there was the bad part when I had to pay out wages and then I had to pay taxes, but it was still then eventually, you know, you get to take that money and you get to put it over into your, you know, your uh, capital. And now it's like, Oh, look at these. And I jump up these points and stuff like that. So I would say the most fun I had was the capitalist, but also say, I think the second most fun I had was the last time we played, which I played the state when we added like those extra parts. I mean, uh, you know, I, expansion. I hate to talk too much about that and just talking about the base game, but I like how we added those extra IMF cards and we added some others or some different events that were a little bit more interactive where I could hand cards out. It was a little more fun than I thought for the state. We should talk about that real briefly because I I remember looking things over and said, next time we need to play with these because whoever plays as a state, it gives them a little bit more decision-making because you had these event cards then that not only are you just giving things, uh, out to other people to get points, but you were handing them this card and saying, Hey, you can turn this card in for a victory point right now, or you can get this Benny coming to you every round. And if it's early enough in the game, that can be a big deal. And you're trying to give it to the person that you need to give it to, to move up on the tracks, but also that it might help a little bit less than some others. Like somebody else getting free food every turn might be huge for them. Whereas this other faction you give it to not such a big deal. Maybe they move up one point, whatever. So uh, you're making decisions there and like, what's best for me if I give it to this person. And that that's a nice added benefit. Richie, what did you feel about with faction balance and uh, faction fun? Uh, the state's the only one that I didn't play. I enjoyed parts of all the other classes. I think the the capitalist is probably the hardest to win with, and that also looks like uh, just from the the community on uh, Board Game Geek, they they have a spreadsheet where they're putting in wins and losses in there, and it looks like the capitalist class is the lowest win percentage, which I, I can definitely see that. Um, I think probably I don't know. I think middle class maybe was about my favorite. I don't know you you. I like, like I said, I like things about all of them. The capitalists, you are, it's more of a slow burn of a game for you. Early on, you're just trying to build up. You're going to take loans early and then you'll just have some big jumps like towards the end. You'll have like one round where you can jump like four or five spots on your track. And then also trying to figure out how to, you know, 
you know, I understand people like in real life who like hiding money away in the Bahamas. I get it. <laughs> like when you play this game, you're like, yeah, I don't want to play. I don't want to pay taxes on this. So let me get half of this pushed over oh, to my capital. There was that card that I yeah, didn't that understand you, it. And then yeah. all of a sudden I was like, oh, I get this yeah. offshore account or something. Yeah, yeah they, they all the, the, the card play in this game. I love the the cards for each class. They they all play very well into the, the theme of the game and the fun of the game as well. So, yeah, I. I, I still want to try out the state, uh, but I, would, I think I would definitely want to play with those interactive expansion cards. So, yeah, I, I would say to me, the state is the one that's automated. If you play three player, we never played a uh, less than four player game because it just felt like you it, it almost felt like uh, playing a coin game that's made for four at three players. It's just not real palatable and not showing off the game in its best light. And so we never did do that, but there are certainly less decisions to be made as the state often it feels like than some other factions. So I felt like that's probably the weakest one to play at the same time, because you're working in concert with all the three other factions and having a lot to do with each of them because of your event cards that did promote some, some more back and forth than some of the other factions do sometimes. Sometimes you're just focused on one or two factions antagonistically or um, uh, in, in the game. I will say I feel like the middle class was the focus for this game. I, I feel like that was where this game was built around because the middle class has a little bit of both worlds. It's the working class. You have to work in other buildings, your own and the capitalist, and then uh, and manage taxes and that kind of stuff, put out buildings to be in. But then you're also trying to make sure, you know, that your workers are happy that you're that, you know, so there's a there's a balance of both there. And so that one is the most interesting to me and the most stuff to manage, really. Uh, I thought capitalist was was fun in what you were doing, but I, I think there's a lot less stuff to manage because you're just you're really just focused on one driven goal, basically just make that money any way you can and try to keep as much of it as possible by the end of the round. So for me, uh, middle class is, is probably uh, the most engaging class to, to play. Now I, we should get into this too. We kind of talked about player count. Cause would you guys agree? Uh, you know, forest, I don't think you just want to play it at less. No, it's a four player a, game. Yeah. I had a chance to potentially play it at three player last night. And I was just like, no, let's just, let's just not do it. Let's yeah. just play something different. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, you can play this solo and maybe if you're somebody who's a, a real big economy or politics wonk, maybe you want to do that. Like a, like, you would with a coin game to kind of see how how things work out and how the interplay is. But really, this game shines and is meant to be played at four players. It's all about the interaction of these things and finding that together. Uh, which leads me to say, too, I think we'll get to in, in final reviews. But like if you guys ever say, do you want to play hegemony? I would say, yes. Yeah, let's play. But I think if some people, some other people I mean, I, I can't name any specifically, but if if some other people wanted to play it, I might not be as keen to play it. I just sounds like you could name someone specifically. Yeah, I think you can. Name somebody <laughs> <specifically>. <laughs> I just think it, it. I just think it, it needs people who want to really interact with each other, who want to yeah, talk yeah, to I each other, and who are are good at some point at the back and forth. You know, even if they're not necessarily good at it, they're comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah, I can I would, see that. I, I mean, you, you need an interactive group for sure. Right. 
You can't, yeah, if you're just going through the motion, because honestly, and we can get into replay, replayability and variability, replayability wise, like this is not a game necessarily that I want to play. Like obviously we had to do it for the review, like playing it a bunch back to back, because honestly, the strategy for each class is pretty clear. Like if you're working class, you want free education, free healthcare, and you want to get the public sector jobs open and you want high wages like and you, now obviously you're not going to get all of that but that's what you're going to push for in every game like there's really not much that's changing strategy wise for each class each game no your deck is what adds the variability like yeah. oh if i get my organic farms out early as the working class that's going to help me get food or oh if i get that you know that building out that's really helpful for me you know those things are what change the game up in variability and then of course the people at the table you know do we want to go into replayability and sure, variability? Sure. So yeah. I mean, I think what Richie just said really kind of hits it on the head for me. I would agree. I think this does have a lot of replayability, but it's not a game that I'm gonna say, you know, I couldn't play this three times in a week type of thing. Like I could like a certain, you know, a Euro or Age of Steam or something like that. This I gotta spread it out a little bit more. But I feel like then that is okay because then it adds to the replayability of okay. You know, okay, and then, oh, last time I did play the capitalist, well, this did work well for me. I'm going to try to do this, this, and this. Or, oh, I'm playing the working class. Oh, I've never played them before. So certainly now you have a different thing that you can do. So I honestly feel like the replayability is very, very high with this game. Um, the uh, variability, you're, you do have a large deck, and you don't always go through the deck but there are multiple of each cards index. So I don't think necessarily it's going to be like a, Oh, you know, I haven't played this card in three games or something like that. You know, I think for the most part, you're going to cycle through them. So I don't know if I would say necessarily the uh, variability is huge in it, but I don't think you want that in this game. I think you want it to be kind of more streamlined on this is how it's going to be. And you just have to react each game of how, it, how it plays. So. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing uh, nothing more to add to that because I mean, even okay, with, then we'll move on to <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> even with the expansions, uh, they don't change the game up a whole lot. They they're welcome. No. They're welcome because some of the events will change well, things and how except you play. for the historical events. Well, yeah. yeah, I think I didn't talk about that. Uh, yeah, that just adds randomness to the game. Which I true. actually I like the um, the setup card that's in the historical events right thing, and then after that just chuck the rest of it yeah but i mean it was only maybe our second game that we tried it on i mean i might be willing yeah, but it's to still give just it. it just made it so random yeah it did it like did. you could get helped out or screwed yeah just randomly in the card even you know. for the fact that like a card would come out that wouldn't necessarily screw you but how much it would help other factions Somebody at the yeah. time something. yeah i'd agree with you on that so okay. yeah uh, we ready to wrap this sucker up then? I think we are. All right. Let's do so, it. Richie, tell everybody how we rate here at Punchboard Paradise. So at Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time and a, a one being a game that makes you miserable. Uh, Clef, why don't you start us off? Uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with a solid, solid five on this game. I really like it. I think it's an excellent uh, implementation of a you know, four different factions all trying to do different things and, and working against each other to score, you know, victory points to try to win this game. I think they did an excellent job. I will tell you, this is the type of game that you can't just play it one time and get a feel for it. You've got to play it, 
you know, multiple times and try out some of the different classes. I think some people are going to like certain classes better than others. And, uh, you know, so that, that might, for what might be your jam, I really like the game and I think I've, I've spoken a lot about it already. So I don't think I'm going to say much more. I'm just going to say, I really think this is a great game. And it's, I mean, I, I don't ever want to make predictions after the wingspan fiasco of 2000, you know, <laughs> 14, whatever the heck year that was. But I will say I'm almost guaranteed this game will make my top 10 of the year. So I'm going to say solid five. So Chad. Yeah, there is a, a lot to like with this game and it, it is not perfect. As Richie said, some classes are harder to play than others. Um, I have, you know, I, 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 I've gotten a win, which doesn't happen with a lot of games we review, but uh, I, I, at, at the same time, I approach it as, I approach it as the same way I approach John company, which I know when I sit down to this game, it's going to be a good experience. If I'm playing with the right people, like it's all about the experiences that I'm going to have. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to try to win, but like the interaction is, is paramount. And like, I will leave remembering certain things that happened at the table. Uh, and that is, that's what this game kind of does. So you, so you need to know that going in by the same token, just like I said, with John company, I don't, always want to play this game just as you guys intimated with uh this game i i it's not going to be an every week game but when i do want to play it and i sit down to play it i'm excited to play it and have that interaction so for me it's going to be the exact same uh rating it's going to be a five now i will say i think that probably john company from a design perspective is a little bit cleaner um more polished design but you know if Gemini ever did a second edition, maybe it would be just as polished. Who knows? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of yeah. harsh to say for yeah. that because I mean, it was a second edition. So. Yeah, so, uh, I, but I would just say, uh, in my mind, it's it's a five. Uh, I've really enjoyed my plays of this and uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy to have my copy because it, it does something a little bit different from a lot of the games out there. All right. All right. So, same score he gave for him, Trey Johnham. All right, so. <laughs> 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 I, <laughs> I've been waiting to use that for a while. <laughs> uh, I I was between a four and a five. I think it's going to be on my top games uh, of the year. I just I I didn't I haven't bought the game, and I don't think I will. I think I'll just you know play class copy. I'm happy to play it. I'm, I would right, highly recommend it. That's because you're not going to get Jessica right. and Knox. The yeah, player, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. That doesn't stop me from buying well, every coin that's game. True. That's okay. the thing. <laughs> good point, good point. Uh, so I, I think I'm gonna give it the I'm gonna give it the high four. Yeah, I'm gonna give it the high four because I, I think I, I'm I'll... still thinking. It's a high four. Okay, I'm gonna give it a high four. It's it is a great game. I would highly recommend it to anyone. And like I said, it will be on probably my top ten of the year. So, uh, but I don't always want to play it. I definitely don't want to teach it to anybody. Ugh. And it's it's just not a game that's always gonna come out. So, and it's a lot high easy. four for me. All, a lot easier if you have Jake at the table. So yes, you should all run it all. <laughs> just need him on speed dial. <laughs> all right, there you have it. Hegemony, lead your class to victory. It is a five from Clef and Chad, and a four from Richie. High four. High, high four. four. High Sorry, four. high four. All Not right. a high five. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go draft. It feels like forever since we've like done a real like competitive draft. 
What was the oh, last? Yeah. What was the last draft? 2018 games. It was the it not was the year. It's last time we did a draft. With you them. put up the poll. <laughs> What, well, we had like an Age of Steam one, but I don't know if I even ever put anything up for that. I don't think you did. No. <coughs> so are we all rolling? I say let's all roll. Well, I think we're all rolling because all, yeah, the, fresh, the last poll was the yeah. best games of 2018. Yeah, so we're fresh. We're moving on here. Okay, what, let's roll off. Whatever happened to lookbacks? Do we do those anymore? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> First, we should probably describe how we how we draft here at Punchboard Paradise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's <right>. do that. <laughs> so, at, so at Punchboard Paradise, we like uh, unique lists. That's why we draft, and we're going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you'll draft first in the second round. We're going to roll off and uh, see who's set in the draft order. Eight. Eight. All right, rolling uh, again. Three, mine's different. I go first. <laughs> seven. All right. Oh, it looks uh, kind of like a seven. Uh, and what what are we drafting today, Clef? This was your idea. Uh, yes. So uh, actually, this was Dan Smith's idea. Oh, okay. Okay. He gave me this, and I thought, well, this seems good. And uh, neither one of you guys came up with anything. So this is what we're <laughs> uh, so what we're drafting today is this is mechanisms that you like in a game that you wish you would see in more games, okay? So certainly not worker placement. You see that in a half a million games. So this is different things that you see in games that you would like to see. Now, I'm not saying this is the only game that necessarily has that mechanism, but maybe it's the most known for it or, you know, yeah, you're just looking for it in a different game. So Sounds good. All right. right. Richie, what's the draft order here? Uh, I'll go first, and we'll go uh, counterclockwise. We'll go to Chad and Clef. You'll get the... The turnaround. I'm glad you were able to say that as opposed to just counterclockwise while well, everybody in the radio world was like, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what yeah, you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what. I'm going to take this one. I don't know. This might be on Clef's list. I don't know. Okay, okay. We'll see. But I do want to see this in more games. You realize he just said counterclockwise and then just made the motion for clockwise. Oh, I did do clockwise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never know he the didn't difference. Guess that either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now... Now, because Chad's speaking up, he's going last. <laughs> Calling you out. Gosh. I, you know what? I don't care how much it pains me. I'm going to be the truth speaker on this podcast. <laughs> Sweet. I moved up to number two. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So what are you taking, Richard? My first pick is Crystal Palace. And I love oh. at the very beginning of the round, the dice selection and hiding your dice. And one, you got to pay for all the dice depending on the pips and then revealing. And then obviously whoever has the highest total will get to go first. Um, but obviously now they're kind of hindered themselves a little bit money wise. So, but I love that, that dice selection at the very beginning, especially in a game with dice, you, you think, you know, it's going to be random, but obviously you, you have full control over that. So I, I enjoy that a lot. And I would love to see that in other uh, Euro dice placement games. As the truth teller on this podcast, it pains me to say it, but that is a great pick. It's ingenious. I was hoping it would be it's on so one of good. your lists. So, so good. Uh, you know, I didn't think about it, and but uh, I, I think it would have been on my on my list. So that is by job. far my favorite part of that game. Oh. Yeah, good, good pick. So, Crystal Palace for my first pick. All right, so my first pick is uh, Little Buff Boy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wrong list. <laughs> you know, people who don't watch that show are really... <laughs> you know, my... Richie, strike that. My niece and nephew are listening. <laughs> they could watch Little, Little Buff, Buff Boys. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, as long as it's not Troll Boy. All right. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh that was uh, my list of my favorite episodes of I Think You Should Leave Now, which... Uh, which that was the only uh, other suggestion for a draft for this episode. That's true. <laughs> in our chat. So. Oh, boy. So I have it, no matter what. I had both I had both lists here. Uh, okay, so the one I'm going to go with is Seven Wonders Duel. Mm. I really like the way that Seven Wonders Duel has three different ways you can win the game, that you can't just focus in on one way and not worry about any of the others. And I would like to see that in in a different type of game where it's like, you know, this I, I could win this in different ways. I'm, I'm sure there has been some games that have done that, but I would just, uh, for me, I think that's the most well-known, and I would like to see that in more games, uh, some different ways to win besides just, you know, victory points. You know, you got some different different things to do. So, yeah. Nice. So, Seven Wonders Duel. Okay. Uh, well, I am going to go with uh, a splatter game. Uh, this splatter game wow. has a, a few really good mechanisms in it, but for me... By far, the one that fills me with the most glee in Indonesia is the merger auction mechanism. Yeah. When you can just name two companies that somebody owns at the table and basically put them up for auction, even if you're not involved at all, so that good. is the most fun. And you just, you know, like sometimes, you, sometimes that person was not prepared for that at all. And you just see this look of panic of like, oh crap, how do I hold on to my company? Oh my gosh, I don't know if I have the, mo the money to, to keep this company. Yeah, yeah. So great. Uh, Burgers are great. That is a good pick. All good right. Pick. Uh, another, I, I, you know, I'm going to go with our favorite game here. I, I don't know if I couldn't, I racked my brain to think of it in this way, but I really like the idea of, Okay, we have uh, we have these actions that are out on the board every round, and you are going to auction for the best one. I I I don't know. I like Age of Steam in that the auction is the the it's the best thing about it because you you have these really great powers, and uh, you know you're just that's basically what the maps are essentially is just using those powers hmm. to uh, to auction off. For the round, because that's what's the most engaging in that game, usually. Now, we all love Age of Steam here, hmm. but that's just an auction. That is just an And then you're just but selecting for, your reward. Four great player powers, though. But, I mean, that would be a normal thing in an auction, is you're winning the auction to take, and then to take right, whatever. All right, whatever. Right, whatever. All right. All right. I've got more. I've got more. No, that's no, your no, pick. I mean, that's your that, pick. That's your and pick. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, you pick. I mean, obviously, uh, that, the Punch Punch's favorite game, you know, I mean, trying to I picked it. it because that's the hey, best. We're thing. just speaking truth here. Hey, you, <laughs> you're like a dagger. <laughs> I mean, I got plenty right here. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm <laughs> saying auction for player powers. I would like to see more of that. Okay. okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, so my next pick is going to be, um, you know, I'm I'm going to go with another splatter game that I would like to see, and I'm going to pick the Great Zimbabwe. That was on my list. Okay, because mm. I really like the fact of whenever you go to take a card that either a god power or a, a specialist or you know any one of the uh, um, I can't remember what the, the heck the other the uh, other things are, but if you when you go to take any one of those cards, guess what? The amount of victory points you need to win the game, 
just went up. Mm-hmm. So you know, instead of needing 20, now you need 24. Now you need 28. And I like the fact that, oh, okay, well, I'll take this really, really, really good God, but, you know, he's going to cost, cost me six points, points yep. or whatever. Yeah. And I would like to see that in another game where it's like, hey, where you take this, it's going to increase your victory points. That, that is something I would really, really like to see in another game. Yeah, I like that. And also, the other thing, the turn order in that game, I also like. The, the fact you. that yep. you you have to spend the resources, mm-hmm. and there's being spread out amongst all the players when you do that. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, that, there's a couple of things. A couple That's things a in Great Zimbabwe point, that are good. Good point. All right. All right, back to you, Reggie. All right, my next one. And when I made my list, I was looking at games that, like, there's just something missing in it, but I really like that one piece of it. And Furnace... The bidding system mm-hmm. in Furnace. This I, is on Chad's list. Is this on yeah. Your, yeah. yeah. He asked me about it. <laughs> I love the compensation part of that where there's sometimes you don't even want to win that auction. Right. Or that, that particular card. You just want to get the uh, compensation from it. And I love that. And then the rest of the game just falls apart when you get the second half. I Who cares? Up, I, I hung on to yeah. the, the game and I picked up the expansion. I don't think it's going to fix my issues with it. But that bidding system I love and... I, I want to see it in something else. It's so great because you're trying to manipulate that auction in, in such, and you don't necessarily know the way that it's going to play out. Yeah. Uh, and and it's so great that you're like, oh, I really don't want to win this, uh, but I want to get enough of the, you know, power to do it. And and yeah, yeah. It, 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 that is an ingenious mechanism. 100% agree. That's why it was on my list. Good pick. Uh, for my third pick, uh, this is, I like dice. And Dice Forge, just the whole dice crafting <laughs> portion of it, yep. I want to see in a bigger game. Yep. And I know, I think, was it Dice Realms? Is yeah. that the Tom Lehman game? Yep. that I haven't, I didn't hear great great things about that, no. so I never checked that out. But I do want to see it. They, they did it in uh, one of the Rule for Galaxy expansions. They didn't do a great job there either with it. But I want to just see that where you can control what the different sides of your dice are and you can upgrade them throughout the game. But I like that whole mechanism of upgrading your dice and having those custom dice that you make in the game. Uh, so Dice Forge for my third pick and that that dice crafting portion of it. I have this on my longer list too. That was good. Mm-hmm. My next one is a game that, I mean, I absolutely love. And uh, even since uh, Richie has abandoned this game, I think that the part that is the most unique about this game compared to its its uh, its predecessor is in Dominant Species Marine. I really like the fact that you're putting your pawns out and the actions basically get better the further down you go. But when you put a pawn out, you have to put your next pawn further down. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to go back up and get this. You have to continue to put your pawns further down or you have to basically waste an action to pull all your pawns back. And I really think that that is a cool mechanism. And I would like to see that in just even like a more, it could even be a more basic worker placement game. And I think that would be an interesting way to kind of do the worker placement. Viticulture has a little bit of it with the Tuscany board where you're kind of, do I hold on to a worker to try to get, but I don't think the actions necessarily get better. Right, right, right. But, you know, but, you know, holding on. But I would like to see that where it's like, you know, where, you know, do I want to go down and get that really, you know, almost like a, you know, like a, a heaven and ale where how far do I want to jump to get something because then I have to leave all these other things behind. But I like that part of, of Dominant Species Marine, which is an absolutely amazing game that people should not have 
getting rid of or giving up on. So I, I agree. It's a, it, it, what's great about that game too, is it's like, how necessary is this action to my, to my game this turn? You know, like how, like you said, it's that, uh, if I don't get this, how detrimental yeah. would that be? Mm-hmm. No, that's so. a good pick. That's, that's definitely right. my favorite part of that game for sure. I, I would yeah. love to see that in another game. Okay, well, um, you know uh, of the three of us uh, on the podcast where my heart is at. I love uh, 18xx, but my favorite part about 18xx is the stock table. Uh, I, I and now there are plenty of games that do stocks, but what I really want to see is a is a very sharp stock market. Okay, with heavy drops and that every time somebody sells a share, those stocks drop. And then the other part of it that I want to see incorporated, because not all not all um, 18xx's have it this way. Sometimes the stock tables are 2D instead of 3D and all that kind of stuff. But I would like to see when the stock falls, having it affect turn order in certain ways, too. So that's that's what I want to see in a game. Now, Eastern India Trading Company sort of had this, but I wanted to see it go a little bit further. I wanted to see it matter a little bit more than it did in that game. Um, but that that is one of the things that I definitely would like to see in more games. I'd like to see them take that element out of 18xx and put it in something else as well. I like the fact that Chad has picked Aegis Team, which has 100,000 maps, and 18xx, <laughs> which is, has like... Oh, 500 games. Sorry, go ahead, Chad. I just, I, I'm talking about mechanisms that I want to see more of. Okay. For my last pick, I'm going to pick um, one of uh, Joe Farrell's favorite designers, Vladimir Suhi, and I'm going to pick uh, Pulsar 2849. Wow. Uh, Pulsar 2849 was a, it, it won a bunch of awards, actually, the year it came out, and it was, to me, a fairly forgettable game, very milk toast, except, uh, and very point salady, except for the dice drafting mechanism. It basically perfected or helped out the dice drafting mechanism that's in Grand, Grand Austria Hotel so that uh, you basically, it, it fixed turn order so it didn't spread stuff out so far like Grand Austria Hotel does if you try to play it at four people and it also made it really anguishing uh, to try to take a a die because if you took a really good die you had to move back on this track you had to have some point penalties uh that sort of thing and it and it puts you back for the next round basically so you're always trying to balance take the taking the die that really you needed for a certain action and not get punished and pushed too far down the track to hurt yourself for the the following turns. So honestly, by far the best part of uh, Pulsar 2849 was a drafting mechanism. I'd like to see that incorporated into more games. I was hoping that I would. Yeah, I like that. That's a good that's a yeah, good, good pick. All right, so now I'm between Dan Flashes and Ghost Tour. Um, <laughs> oh, it's Ghost Tour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's easy. Ghost no, or Dan all day. Flashes is better over than Dan Flashes. Yeah, uh, you can't on. say it's not an easy choice. It's an easy choice. I, I okay. love Ghost Tour. Ghost Tour is probably a top five. For Ghost Tour is potentially a top five, but I, yeah. I do like yeah, Dan Flashes. I like five, Dan Flashes. I'm not saying I don't like Dan Flashes. I like the whole show. So, but you know, Dan Flashes is better. I'm, no, but uh, I'm going to say it right now. Dan Flashes is better than Ghost Tour. Ghost Tour. Make your pick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so God, I got a lot. I still got a lot of picks. I, there's a lot. Yeah, I got a list. We, we, a lot we can of do things on honorable here, mentions. But I, I'm gonna pick a game 
that is going to, I mean, surprise everybody. The game I'm going to pick, I'm going to quite be quite honest with you, the game I'm going to pick sucks. I mean, it's a bad game. And I would never play it again in a million years. And in fact, the mechanism I'm about to talk about, it sucked in the game. <laughs> but what it was is what I want to see in a game going forward done better. And the game I'm talking about is Cry Havoc. Okay? And the thing that I was most intrigued when I first got Cry Havoc was this fact that when you go into battle, you had to pick three different sections to battle with. And I'll be quite honest with you, I haven't played Cry Havoc in six or seven years. I don't even know how long ago it was that I played it. But I know you had to pick three different sections to battle in, and there were some different things that you had to do. But it never worked. It just was, it, it just didn't work, all right? But I remember saying to myself, I really wish somebody would make a game that had that aspect in it where when you go to battle, you have to decide, you know, I'm going to put, you know, things here in this area or this area or this area, and then that would make a difference. And there is actually a game that I've played that, that does do this well. It's, it's a new prototype game that's coming. I won't talk about it right now, but I've seen something where I think is going to be really good, and that's what made me think of this, that I would like to have that, that aspect of a battle be something in a, in a game going coming forward. So does that make sense? I mean, I don't know if you guys even remember Cry Havoc. Yeah, I do time. remember. It. Yeah, okay. um, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, because I, okay. I I enjoyed that system. But yes, the game itself was. Yeah, not I mean, like I said, I don't even think that the system. I, I don't think it quite got to where it should have been. And I would just like it to see it, see it better. So, yeah. so I'm going to go with like Cry Havoc. Yeah. All right. For my last pick, uh, I wrote down High Society, but it could also be QE was another game I thought of. But I like the, you know, whoever spent the most is automatically eliminated. I enjoy that where you have to do more with less to win the game. And it's not just, you know, you spend whatever amount and you win. Uh, you get you want to be that second and down, basically, to, to stay within and, and be able to score. So uh, high society for the pick, uh, but I thought of QE and high society when I was thinking of that one. So Yeah, yeah. Have you played QE with the expansion? No, I have the expansion, I but I have not played the expansion. I really yet. need to. I've heard yeah. it changes things up quite a yeah. bit. Oh, I really want I'm to play excited it. for that. that. Yeah, sounds awesome. All right, all right. So our list for today. So we have Richie with Crystal Palace and the the buying of the dice neck mechanism. We have Furnace with the uh, bidding. You, you bidding. You don't yeah. always necessarily want to win the card, but okay. Dice Forge. So just something better with. Building Old dice, dice yep. crafting, and then high society where you can only spend so much money or you don't win the game. All right. Uh, I had uh, Clef had seven wonders duel where there are multiple ways to win uh, the great Zimbabwe with trying to um, you have to purchase cards that make your victory points go up. And also, as Richie alluded to, the uh, way that you uh, do turn order. Then uh, I had Dominant Species Marine with the action selections uh, getting better, but you uh, as you further go further down, but you can't go back. And then Cry Havoc with the um, three pronged attack kind of mechanism. I don't know really a great way to put it. And then we had Chad with Indonesia with the mergers action, which would be just tremendous in some in a different game. And then we had Age of Steam and auction. Chad's looking for more auctions in games. And then we had 18XX. Chad's looking for more stock market in uh, games. 
Uh, so Aegis Team, you had more options to choose an action. Yeah, for okay. specific powers. Right, That's okay, what specific was powers. And then 18XX, you would like to see that. Now, are you saying you'd like to see that in a non-18XX game? Right, right. right. Okay. Yeah, I want to see a, a stock, market, a stock really... market where you could really hurt somebody's company. Now, I, and it's been a really long time, for example, since I played... City of the Big Shoulders? City of the Big Shoulders. But I, I don't think you could... You could um, it was a nicer incremental cap game, so you really couldn't tank their company that much. Yeah, I, I can only think of a couple times that I played City of the Big Shoulders where really we were doing a lot of stock manipulation. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it was just better to play that game straightforward. Right. So, yep, I'll agree with you there. Uh, and then finally, we had Pulsar 28, uh, 2849, and you had the dice drafting aspect where it made a difference with the turn order and different aspects of you getting resources and stuff. So. I asked pretty darn good list, guys. Yeah, they were yeah. good. I, yeah. That was very good. Any so. honorable mentions? Um, I definitely, I mean, I think Ulm, I didn't want to, that was obviously the example I gave everybody, so I yeah. did, didn't take it, but I really like the Ulm, pull a tile out of the bag, and then you put it into this nine by nine grid, and you push, and then those are the actions that you're going to take is in For the that, round, yeah. that three. I think that's a really cool thing. Something along those lines, uh, Windake, had something sort of like that. It was a grid action thing. Yeah. yeah. Wendake, uh, what was the key one with the folding oh, boards? I really wanted that keep, to be cool. Keeper. Oh, yeah. Keeper. Keeper. Yeah. Keeper. Yes, I agree. Uh, that would have been. that. Yeah. The I had Lorenzo talking about bidding for player powers. Like I like the idea mm-hmm. of the bidding. Uh, you know, yeah. I'll do good less one. resources to take this player power. Yep. Yeah. Like, that's I good think call. That that's very, good very one. cool. Um, I also wrote down. Um, this is, I guess, this is probably more of a theme, but I would like to see this like in a game. But Legacy, uh, the Testament of Duke de Cressy, where you have you're building a family tree. Like mm. it could even be like a small portion of the game, where I don't know, you have a family tree in there that you have to maintain. I don't know. I, I like but, that. That that game is good for just for the stories of that. Yeah. The other one that I had down actually was Oak, which is that recent uh, worker placement game. I love the idea that you're putting things like on your meeples to differentiate them. They look kind of cool, you know, but then the actions that they can do weren't really that special. You know, I want, I would love, like I have this meeple. It looks really cool on the board, but also can take like these sort of Marco Polo ish sort of actions that feel really yeah, special, yeah. specialized uh, meeple or specialized uh, right. workers. Yeah. Um, I just had just a couple of other, uh, carry on with the choosing your actions before the round mm-hmm, yeah. i thought yeah. is a really i mean it's it's obviously really tough and you know but i like how you have to choose them and then once you choose them it's like oh chad is going to the theater you know okay well am I, do i want to beat him there or do i want to beat richie to the to the workshop you know I, I thought that's a really cool thing i'd like to see that in another game that's one of my favorite parts of dungeon pets actually when everybody lifts their screen and you see like how many got them <laughs> you know it's been so long since we played dungeon pets we probably still shouldn't try it again no uh the other one i had was was targy i oh, like yeah. the where you put oh, your yeah, things yeah. you intersect to do your actions, I yep. think is kind of a cool thing. So yeah, that would be another one that I had on there. So nice. All right. It was a good list. Pretty good. good. List. good. All right. Uh, so real quick, I wanted, I want to ask you guys this, and I was going to ask you this earlier, Chad. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Ticket to Ride Legacy? 
Oh, I'm excited for that actually because that's one of Jessica's Me favorite too. games. So. I am actually going to get it because oh. we 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 played this weekend with my mom. I mean, M- Stephanie really likes that game. Uh, Stephanie has a great time with that game, and uh, and so I think that just the two of us playing that, which would be pretty snappy, um, yeah. hopefully, you know, if it if it's not like a clank <laughs> legacy sized long. Well, they, game. they said they weren't. It's not going to be like. Ticket to ride chopped up. So it's yeah. not going to be like your first game you're playing without tickets and then right. all of a sudden you add that in. So hopefully they do it right, and especially for the price. And they've talked about, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It price? is 120 or something like that. 130, 120. I still think they're going to sell a million copies. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they yeah, totally yeah. will because so, yeah. so many people like it and know it. You know, you've yep. got 12 games in there. Yep. You've got like, I mean, regardless of what, what we think about Pandemic Legacy or any of the other ones, You've got like the cream of the crop for the team. You've got Rob Davio involved. You've got Matt Leacock. Those guys know how to tell a story yeah, through the, good the legacy game. Yeah. And and then if you look at it, actually, which was really interesting, I don't know if you've seen the latest uh, stills, but you've got puzzle pieces that come out of these boxes that make the board, the board further yeah. and further west. Ooh. And so it's not, you're like actually building onto the board. It's not stickers. It's like, open this box and here's some puzzle pieces to move the board oh, out wow. further west which wow. looks kind of cool to me yeah it's gonna do well yeah i mean i i agree i mean i'm i'm gonna get a copy of yeah. this this is you mm-hmm. know which i usually legacy games I'm, I'm not too keen on but i mean this is a this is a different one so. and it's gonna be light but i i'm hoping that you know it's it's one of those things that's gonna tell a story you know right. and you're gonna have a have a memorable time around the board you know and I, and I want it to be light i don't want it to be no clank right legacy, i mean that's what you know? yeah, yeah that's what her so. clank legacy for me was that it's just yeah. too much for clink i don't yeah. want to read a half an hour to right. play a you know a 40 minute game right you know? right mm-hmm. yep yep all right so i just i had thought about that so all right yeah that was that was cool news i'm, I'm definitely interested in that yeah. so should be fun well Oof. that was an episode guys. it was, an, was episode. an episode you know yeah. you know what you know what i want to do i want to go i mean we just i just watched the finale of ted lasso which i thought was everything i kind of wanted it to be okay. i'm gonna I, I think i'm gonna go watch uh season three of i think you should leave now I, i'm gonna go do that I really like that summer love sketch. That's such a good sketch. <laughs> oh my I have, god! I have to wait for Dan and Brent to watch it, so I, I have not seen any of it yet. Did you fall asleep so, with the zipline part? Ah, <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good night. Hey, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Little Denny Do Dinkins, 92, respiratory failure. Shirley Kratzworth Shane, 78, car crash. In memoriams don't usually include how they die. Shut up! Little Jeffy Jeremy, 96, throat slashed. God. Oh, somebody get her! She's trying to get Jeremy! Ah! Uh, you know what? This one's dumb. Dump it. Trash it. This one's garbage. Tiny Dinky Daffy, 92. Pancaked by drunk dump truck driver. <laughs>